Welcome back to Beyond the Sectors, friends, your bi-monthly podcast all about the fictional world of author duo Kit Roca. My name is Chelsea. And I'm Anna. And today we are here to talk about Beyond Possession, which I guess is book like five, five and a half. And a half? Yeah. yeah. Um, it always, like I said last time, it feels a little weird to call these like half books because like they're pretty big. Like, they're pretty sizable books. Uh, But this is the story of uh, Zan and Tatiana Stone. So before we get into it, Anna, do you want to give us a little plot recap? Sure. Tatiana Stone is the daughter of the former leader of Sector 4. She's made a life for herself, sort of clawed her way out of poverty and becoming a a store owner and provider of essential oils to the the O'Kanes. And Zan is a bodyguard for the O'Kanes who almost died in the previous book. And he's always had a sweet spot for uh, Tatiana, but now things are being, the tensions are rising in Sector 4 and people want Tatiana's backing and he's going to have to step in and claim her for the okay. Which is, becomes a really interesting dynamic because we are back in this book to just pretty much Sector 4. We don't, there's, we don't completely ignore the world building, but the large portion of this book is kind of about that dynamic between balancing the internal politics with the external politics. Um, We also get some good history in this one in terms of backstory world building and how exactly it is that Dallas has kind of come into this place where he's at. We don't get the full story, but I think this is really the first kind of uh, like pre glimpse of like pre Dallas sector life or one of the biggest ones we've gotten right because we've he he, he's always been established as long as the book's been here and we get to know like how zan came into this group he's there because his brother died uh fighting alongside dallas to claim sector four you find out that this guy who was in charge uh stone was really petty and uh, ruled with an iron hand. So you also see some sort of like the ch- the challenges and balances that Dallas has to have in Sector 4 to counter. Mm-hmm. And of course, part of that is Tatiana's story and how her family uh, fits into the kind of bridge between the past and the present uh, political climate. It's also really interesting. The last time we saw Zan really was him. Uh, he was the bodyguard who was protecting Trix when she got abducted. Um, so he is kind of not for the first time, but really having to kind of, uh, reckon and come to terms with his recovery from that incident, as well as where it puts him in the group in terms of, um, Dallas looking to him to kind of bring in Tatiana as this ally now and, and how those branches of power are really starting to expand. Yeah, it's an interesting contrast with Ford coming back from an injury to Zan coming back from an injury. You really get a sense that Zan has accepted the love of the O'Kanes. He's sparring with them. He accepts their care. Um, so it's an interesting sort of dynamic in that. But they're both in different ways trying to figure out what's next for them after an injury. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's really, uh, I think, one of the more uh, joyful things that this book gets to take the chance to do is now that we've kind of spent all the books previous to this establishing really kind of the root of the sector and the economics of the sector, this is where we really start to branch out into some of the more like artisanal crafts and um, aspects of life that you wouldn't necessarily think about first in like a post-apocalypse kind of scenario, but would definitely be a thing to consider things like shampoo and conditioner and you know soaps soaps and and you know salves for injury and medicinal treatments and things like that and all of that is stuff that 
Tatiana does, which just as somebody who likes to craft is always fun to read about, Mm -hmm. but is also an interesting, there's another, there's levels working there in terms of what she is providing to the O'Kanes beyond just her political connections. Right. I mean, I really love the books that take the time to show us people's craft and how they do it. Because, yeah, there's there's little scenes where she talks about having scraped people's fireplaces and stuff for ashes when she was just getting started and sourcing um, material she needs. Like she tends to get something from Zan. Zan gets her a particular... Um, like it's jasmine? Is it jasmine yes, oil Yes, I maybe? think jasmine oil. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's th- that whole kind of thing of being a small business owner, um, caring for her shop. All these things that, you know, I love when a character has their thing and Tatiana is one of my favorites because she ha- she's a grown-ass woman with her own ideas and her shop her things that she cares about uh which is honestly a, a been a contrast to some of the heroines that we've seen come in uh, so she's in a very different place and she has history with some people in the uh, uh, not just with Dallas and his but she has history with Gia uh so there's all the stuff that you know, there's a lot outside the O'Kanes and people's lives branch out in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really kind of the key window that we see opening up. I feel like this, having just recently read it again, it feels like this is kind of a definitive marking point between um, just kind of the more insular O'Kane family unit and now in books to come, the different tendrils and, and, and adjunct people and adjacent people to the O'Kanes and how their lives and their kind of baggage in the sectors gets wrapped up and pulled into that. And it really layers a lot of stories really interestingly. I feel like um, Tatiana is maybe like we've had prickly heroines. We've had maybe kind of scary heroines, but she feels very um, grumpy heroine and or in almost the same kind of cast that Ford does in terms of mm-hmm. like, She's got her, she has her business to run. She's got her public persona to keep up. She knows what to task and what she has to do to get done. And she's not really here to do, she's not really here for that emotional thing that, that yeah, all of a sudden somebody is kind of trying to bring to her. feelings for Zan are so inconvenient to her. Uh, because I love it. I love that part so much <laughs> in the first little bit where she is just so mad that she's so happy <laughs> that, that like Zan keeps coming around to see her. Well, and even just the whole thing, like she wants to know how he's doing, but it's dangerous for her to ask. Uh, and then she so she asks coyly and doesn't get a good answer. And she's like, "Oh, if I just asked straight out, they would have told me." You know, it's it's such an interesting thing to see that in a heroine that she has to be so careful, um, has so many other things in play, but she can't deny that she does care for him. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those, the biggest thing that's in play for her, which I think is interesting to bring up, is of course uh, her sister is in a, um, I think, safe to say, abusive relationship with basically one of the other, like, crafters who is stepping up as a challenge to Dallas, or he's kind of gathering support to launch a coup against Dallas. Um, And that is, you know, we've seen lots of different kinds of sibling relationships. Mm -hmm. Usually a lot of them dealing with this same kind of, like, power dynamic of somebody who is maybe... Uh, caught in a situation that they can't fully see or fully understand while their sibling on the outside is there trying to pick up the pieces while ignoring all the ways their own life is cracking. And I think that's such an interesting sibling dynamic to now see have played out in so many different iterations over different books. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's interesting. Catalina is so young and so naive 
And Tatiana blames herself for both of the situation she's in and the fact that she didn't prepare her for that. Um, I mean, it's just so fascinating because, yes, she very intentionally sheltered Catalina, didn't make her suffer through the things she did in order, because Tatiana has such a visceral knowledge of what it is to be poor and to be on the outs and so hyper aware, partly because of her own uh, abusive father, uh, of people's moods and where things are going. And Catalina is like oblivious mm-hmm. and is very much in the... Um, needs to be rescued little princess mode. Um, But Tatiana is like, both loves her for having sheltered her that way and that she's sort of untouched by some of this stuff, but at the same time realizes she's made a huge mistake uh, in terms of how to prepare her for sector four. And I will never forget, I mean, I'm going to jump ahead. She's like, Catalina at the end is like, loves Lex, thinks Mm -hmm. Lex is the best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. And and you can sense that Tatiana's like, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> right, that the Tatiana, she's not, it's very sibling-y because it's literally this feeling of like, I've been there, I've been taking care of it, and you're going to come sure, in here. sure, fall in love but with But sure, yeah, you know what, <laughs> who doesn't love Lex? It's fine. It's, it's, I wasn't the way I I didn't do anything for you. I didn't nearly die yeah. saving you. Okay. <laughs> but, it's, but it's almost refreshing to see that because up until the end of the book, their relationship is so not on the same sibling page that even yeah. in that kind of very frustrated, older to younger sibling way. Um, it's just really adorable. And, and the circumstances in which Catalina comes to be with both Tatiana and the O'Kanes, I think is a really good kind of breakwater for the way in which their relationship changes. I also think it's interesting because part of the reason that Tatiana is so drawn to Zan is that he sh- he can share some memories of the past with her in a way Mm -hmm. that she doesn't feel like almost anybody else in her life can, including her sister, Mm -hmm. who ostensibly is somebody who should be able to do at least some of that having lived through a similar set of years. I mean, they have a they have an age difference. But I just think that's older than than Zan, right? Mm Yeah. Yeah. um, But but Zan was there at least, you know, in part for the battle for the kind of the first revolution and for that really changed Tatiana's they're both marked Life. by that because mm-hmm. yeah, for for Zan, it made him an O'Kane. Um, having lost his brother, it sort of sort of cemented the path that he was going to take in life. And for Tatiana, it was the break from a place where she was, you know, in furs, protected little princess to just another person in the in the sector trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some kind of that idea of quote like fallen royalty or fallen positions of power, especially for females in stories before. But the way in which Tatiana manages to pull herself out of that and the fierceness with which she clings to that identity that she created in mm-hmm. doing that is so yeah, she's just no lovable and fascinating. You know? She's no Cinderella. She calls herself, it's very interesting because at one point she calls herself, you know, right. Cinderella. She's, she's sweeping four. up ashes, but mm-hmm. she actually, you know, she rescued herself. Mm-hmm. She built a life. Had this, st- is it not, it's not Stuart, the other guy, um, the bad guy. Uh, oh, oh. If he hadn't sort of decided to, that he needed the, the stone mystique, um, she would have been just like Stuart, making a life, having a partnerships, and, you know, would have been happy to stay out of politics for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Which the bad guy's name is Wallace. Thank um, you. No problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, you really get that feeling that, all she wants, and she even says it a couple times, like all she wants is to keep her head down, stay quiet, 
live her life, make her products, and just have an existence. While that's deeply understandable, one of the best moments for me on several levels in this book is the moment that she brings, that she's kind of forced to bring all of the O'Kane women with her. Um, and you really, <laughs> That's which is moment. just, so, yeah, we're going to talk about it for several reasons, but we'll, I'll just start <laughs> talking about it now. But I just think it's really the first kind of concrete time in a long time and maybe ever that she's realizing she doesn't have to do that and that there's a reliability and a network that she can start to depend on to not have to just keep her head down and bullheaded through everything by herself. Yeah. And I mean, if let's talk a little bit about, uh, Tatiana's baggage. Um, she uh, once was heavily involved with Gia. She was Gia submissive. Um, and this is sort of where we start getting a sense of um, Gia's tight hold on the people that she adopts and how sometimes that sort of strangles. And um, Tatiana so wanted to please Gia that she went places in their relationship that she really wasn't comfortable. Uh, I mean, there's the power dynamics to that, that Gia sort of rescued her off from, from the street, mm-hmm. and she's uh, grateful for that. But she really went places that were not her thing. Mm-hmm. And she has scars from that. And then you see how she has then has to set really clear boundaries with Zan. Um, mm-hmm. That her submission happens only in the bedroom. Um which, you know, Zan stomps right all over. Uh, (laughs) But um, there is, so, and and also just like, she has very clear, uh, you know, like if you can't say it, you can't do it kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, Because as much as we love Gia in some of the other books, there was mistakes made and Mm -hmm. she's carried, and she's carried that. And some of it is because she didn't say what she needed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, that's a a theme to this book or kind of a, a, quote message, if you will, that I think is really, really important because it speaks to a larger um, issue or concern in the kink community at large, which, you know, these books are so focused on different expressions and iterations of exploring kink and being inside that community that if you are that trying to do something just for another person when it brings you no sense of personal joy is is not a healthy decision to make and forcing oneself to be submissive only to bring any kind of joy to another partner is dangerous for both people involved Mm -hmm, and can be unhealthy mm -hmm. for both people involved. And it makes it really hard to have that honesty and that truth and communication that's necessary to be in that kind of dominant submissive relationship in a way that's healthy and not stifling for anybody. And it's done really subtly. And I think that it's a really delicate dance the way that Zan kind of has to both honor her desires and her why she wants to kind of keep that private part uh, private, that submission part private, but also wanting to pull her out of that and needing to find some ways. And sometimes he's successful and sometimes he's not. You know, mm-hmm. I don't love the scene where he literally like fireman carries her, carries her over yeah. his shoulder. I get it, but I don't love it. Like that's one of those times for me that the dance is maybe a little too like not quite in balance, but it's it's something he's trying to do and something that I think she needs done and won't be able to accomplish without somebody pushing her in that way. So it's a very interesting dynamic to watch that balance be reached in the end. You know, and, and I mean, it is interesting. He is, though, someone who will carry uh, get rid of dead bodies for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that's something she needs 
in her life, someone she can trust to solve some things, that she can give him things to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's very hesitant to hand things over and turn things over to people. But in some of those things, he is very trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, When he walks into that situation after uh, she shot her attacker, um, he doesn't judge her. He he he's just like, okay, let's get this cleaned up. Let's get mm-hmm. you out of here, you know, and it's about taking care of her, not like, why didn't you call me earlier, you know? It's- yeah, which, and that's, you know, that's a scene that we kind of haven't talked about yet, but it's really, really um, visceral, and it's a really, really important scene, I think, to the book and to the way it reads. Not only is it, like, vicious and really badass and, like, super awesome, and I love it because... I mean, Tatiana killed somebody with a soap tool. It's also (laughs) because she's in the process of making a product for Eden and because it's the first time that she's really looking at kind of this financial freedom also, Mm -hmm. it becomes not just this battle for her physical safety and against this like physically oppressive force in her situation, but also this really tangled web of how that is going to affect so many dominoes that she has set up down the road. And so when... Zan comes in and he doesn't add more to that by continuing to push. He literally just kind of rolls up his sleeves and starts. And then later when she tells him why she's so upset about the soap and how it seems silly, but it's not, he really does. He doesn't dismiss that. And he really at several points in time goes out of his way to kind of validate her in a way that's just really, really lovely to see on the page. Right. And, and he then becomes, I think a lot more aware of her pride and needing to protect her pride. And so how how that whole situation gets resolved and still having her be able to maintain her independence is so important. Um, and so the one place where he gets it right. Um, and I think that's like you were um, like you were saying, it's kind of that moment in which he's able to show her that like he doesn't want to do it for her, but he also has really important connections that he can provide to her in literally just a way of laying out laying the contracts out on the table and saying you do it it's up to you Mm -hmm. to fulfill it it's Mm -hmm. up to you to get it done but I can bring this opening of a door to you through this relationship right it it sort of shows sort of like the value of the gang as a networking tool uh (laughs) you know Uh she's been part of a guild before she's been it's like she suddenly understands some of those connections of like not only has she been holding herself back she's been holding her business back Mm -hmm. by not opening herself up to some of these relationships you know like we've we went in tatiana's store before you know tricks took finn there we we can tell that the ukains have a care for her Mm -hmm. um and an interest in her product and would be happy to help out uh even before all this stuff got started um the same way like they care for Stuart because he provides the things that Mm -hmm. they need um and that because of her desire to be so, like, self-sufficient, she hasn't seen the those relationships can be beneficial mutually. Absolutely. And I think a part of it, too, is that she's still carrying and hasn't really unpacked a lot of her guilt around what her father did in challenging Dallas and how that impacted her both immediately, you know, as this now poverty-stricken individual and, you know, she doesn't believe, like a lot of our characters don't at first, that the O'Kanes can be a community that would really be willing to take kind of forgive in. her and take mm-hmm. her in and not hold the sins of her father against her. And, you know, they're not perfect. It's something that Dallas has to discuss with his, you know, 
circle of immediate, but it's also not something that's ever completely off the table. Like you said, we've seen that they've developed this care specifically for Tatiana as a person and as a business owner, that they would be willing to extend that chance to her. I, though one of the things I love is when she starts trying to negotiate with, uh, um, <laughs> with Dallas and she's trying to negotiate like basically like five years, no, no protection tax. Um, and he gives her one, um, and she thinks she's won something. And I'm like, dude, he's just about to put some cuffs on you. You can do so much better than that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But- <laughs> he would have given you five. If you really pressed, he would have given you five. Like it's no skin off <laughs> Dallas's back for you, like as one individual shop owner to not pay protection payments. And also like yeah. he's getting ready to tag you into the gang. So like, it's fine. Oh goodness. Okay. Should we talk specifically about the climax? What happens at the end? Because this is maybe one of yeah. the most like situationally heartbreaking books in terms of like the whole time we've seen and spent with Tatiana interacting with her business and talking about how important and what a vital piece of that is to her not only like financial life but just her sense of self and then at the end to like watch it burn and to know that that's what Wallace is going to do and to just kind of like that like the book itself says like see it happening in slow motion just is so Right, and, and there's the whole thing where they're heading toward Wallace's uh, compound, which is the place where uh, the old fence dude, was it Max, um, or who had, used to work with um, Lex, was based out of. They get there. They know that as the back of the hand. They think, this is going to be great. We're going to take him out. But on the way there, Zan keeps thinking, we should check Tatiana's store. And... But he's like, no, I gotta, I have to be focused on the task, and doesn't trust his instincts, and then, to only too late realizes that the real threat is over at Tatiana's store, and um, meanwhile, Tatiana is seeing that there's uh, chaos in the market. Here, her whole livelihood, her home and her store are unprotected. And so she feels like she really needs to go, but she doesn't want to endanger anybody. And before you know it, all the women have like, then we're coming with you. Mm-hmm. Like that moment Six where they is value. Out, like knives, Lex is grab it. Like everybody's like. <laughs> like they're arming up. They're arming like, up. They're ready to ride into the market. All of the okay women. It's so good. It's well, so and, good. and we've seen for so many books, the women waiting at home. Um, and I mean, yes, we've seen Lex take down uh, Jared Woods. Mm-hmm. We've done, but as as a group, their tendency is to like we're making it easier on the men by waiting here together. They have rituals around it, and this time they're like, the guys are busy, and this needs to get done. And we can't let you go by yourself. So we're all the rest of it. No, we're all gonna go, and they're ready to kick ass. And it's gonna set up stuff for that happens in Beyond uh, Innocence. It sort of really leads into that theme of let everybody has a right here to fight yeah. um, for the things that matter most to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they honor that Tatiana needs to be there at her shop and needs to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's it's really that first, like you said, um, I love that theme in Beyond Innocence. And we're going to talk about it a lot more in our mm-hmm. next episode because it's one of the biggest takeaways, I think, from that book. But what I really think is interesting here in this book is we've seen 
some duels. We've we've always seen the O'Kane women having each other's back, and we've seen in kind of one-on-one or solo circumstances that they can be both incredibly physically and mentally strong. But this is the first time I really think we've seen them like band together and combine all of their different skills and traits in a way that very like in a way that meshes very well together and in a way that they feel like you know this almost like gang within the gang of like because they have always been so kind of sequestered by themselves when the shit's really hitting the fan Mm -hmm. they found a way to mold that into this connection that very much so mirrors the way that dallas and bren and ace and all of those they are all waiting for the cue from lex they know lex will have a cue for them and um they they can read each other's faces because they've been doing reading each other's emotions for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's really beautiful to see them fight as a unit and um, not be the victims uh, Wallace expects them to be. Mm-hmm. Which of course brings us to the end with uh, Tatiana's shop burned down, uh, unfortunately. But really, this kind of beautiful moment between her and Zan, where there doesn't. Uh, I think sometimes in a situation like that, you might expect to see some like um, blaming or some guilt or some really kind of heavy passing of emotions like that. But that doesn't really happen in this scenario. And maybe it's because it's a novella, but from there, the ending comes fairly quickly. And I don't think necessarily in a negative way, but really they've kind of the I feel like this book is very plotty. Like this is maybe Mm -hmm. one of the books that's less intense on the relationship between Tatiana and Zan, although that's a big part of it. It's really about Tatiana and the O'Kanes. Yeah, it's really more about Tatiana and the O'Kanes and the O'Kanes and the sector and all of those other kind of like storylines. Whereas the relationship between Tatiana and Zan really feels like um, not 100% secure. It's not like they just get together and stay together, but it really doesn't feel like that's the kind of um, big... Right, you get a sense that they would have been together long ago had all these different little um, things that have stood in their way. So I think, yeah, the fact that they care about each other, the fact that they mesh together well in bed is sort of great because it's like we got other things that we need to worry about. And um, I don't know if like it's always going to be easy, but I think he's sort of an easygoing guy who will, you know, despite his, like, possessive fireman hold in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that's where, like, that doesn't work for me because I, that's not him. I know. Um, and, but, you know, we'll give, a, we'll give him a pass. We'll, we'll give call him a pass. Stress. Momentary we'll, we'll, insanity. We'll uh, <laughs> but it, I think, yeah, I think he's going to be somebody who's going to be supportive and respectful. And she has found a community that she never expected to have. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then wrapping up, did you have a particular like favorite moment or other than the fireman carry anything that didn't (laughs) quite uh, sit so well? Oh, for me, my favorite moment is actually a terrible moment. And it's when she walks into the shop and sees the picture of her mom askew. Um, (sighs) Because up to this point, she's thinking she's she's ruined things with her sister that there's no there's that there's not going to be a coming back from this that either she's going to shame her and hate her but she'll be alive or Wallace will do something to her and I think seeing that moment and seeing that that her sister reached out and warned in the midst of her danger she leaves a warning for uh Tatiana and to me that's such a redeeming moment for me for Catalina because for Catalina she could be this little brat in a sense Mm -hmm. you know who doesn't appreciate all that tatiana has done but that little moment of having knocked that 
picture askew reminds you like she remembers her sister has taught her and mm-hmm. cares for her sister and doesn't want her to walk into a, a trap mm-hmm. yeah and i really like we like i was saying earlier i think that's that's why this feels like such a watershed and why this this one moment feels like it's capable of carrying the power of really forgiving catalina for a bunch mm-hmm. of the stuff that she's mm-hmm. done up into this point because she is very young and she has also, you know, we don't get her full story, but she's also been raised in this post-revolution, you know, poverty-stricken life where, you know, that has affected the way that she has made her decisions. And so, yeah, to see that underneath all of that, she still recognizes the importance of protecting her sister and that bond there is really, really beautiful. My favorite, I think, comes uh, not too long after that, and it's after they've kind of already started. And um, it's when you briefly already mentioned, but... We already know that the O'Kane women are strong and kick-ass and they're more than capable of defending themselves and that they will do so as a group. But it's that moment where shit really pops off and everybody says now and they all look to Lex and they all are able to execute a plan that before now, I mean, second time reader, but the first time I read it, I had not really thought coming Um you think that, yes, they'll all be able to get out of it, but you don't necessarily think that they'll be able to do it in a really cohesive, collective, um, almost like battalion-ready mm-hmm. level. And so to see that moment is just so um, indicative, I think, of the hidden uh, kind of depths that really exist in this bond that will get more explained and really drawn out in Beyond Innocence. Yeah. So uh, I just really liked it. And then all the guys show up yet again. <laughs> 30 seconds too late with the women like strolling out like okay men just always come in a couple that 30 seconds late with guns blazing women already got all that shit locked down and taken care of so that is going to finish up our discussion of beyond possession we really really enjoyed it uh we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about beyond innocence in the meantime do you want to let them know where they can find us anna you can find us at beyondthesectors.com and uh, you can find us at Beyond uh, Beyond Sectors on Twitter. Wonderful. I'm on Twitter as An Outlaw Life. And I'm on Twitter as Ana Coqui. All right, friends, come find us. Uh, until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you guys beyond the sectors. Bye. Bye.